Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And we are coming to you again with, again, my favorite types of episodes where I get to interview some amazing short-term rental investors and learn all about their journey, share that journey with you guys. And today we have Freddie Falk joining us. He's part of our Vodacy uh, membership group, and he's now on his getting into his, about ready to close on his third property. And so, Freddie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sean. Absolutely. And so um, we're missing Freddie's better half, Amora, on the podcast, but she's a, she's a big credit to building this portfolio as well, I'm sure, Freddie, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll dive into your story. So when I dive into these types of, uh, of conversations, um, I just love to have a conversation about the journey, you know, and I'd love to start off if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of your backstory with our listeners and you know, what, you know, what the backstory is, where you're from, what led you to the short-term rental game. And then we'll just start, we'll, we'll dive into that journey from there. If that, if you don't mind. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I am from Venezuela originally. Uh, I came here uh, to the U S probably about eight, 18 years ago already. And uh, I came with my wife, Almora. Uh, we, we've um, arrived in about 2003. Um, basically I graduated as an engineer in Venezuela, came over here and uh started working in a, you know, in a few restaurants, uh, waiting tables and washing dishes while I was learning a little bit more about the language and uh, getting a job that I could really be useful in, in my engineering field. So uh, we did that for, for a few months. Uh, then I, I started working as an engineer. Um, I, I have a materials engineering degree. So I've been working for uh, different companies in, in, in Houston, uh, building engineering teams. Uh, I'm right now uh, leading a, an engineering team for a, a company in, in Pennsylvania. So always around engineering. Um, and um, me and my wife love to, to vacation. So I think that that's what has led uh, probably to, to us uh, getting into this business. Uh, nice. Certainly I was looking to, to see what I was going to do next after my career. Um, of course, being investing in, in, in mutual funds and the stock market, but I felt that you know I was I was getting too risky just investing all my money there. So I was looking for a another option, right? You know what else I can do besides just uh, just investing on, on on mutual funds. Nice. So I that that's where I, you know I, I I thought about real estate, but you know there are several options out there. I, I was thinking about long term rental. Uh, to me, that that is boring. I don't know for some reason I I, I attempted to to make headway there, but I, I just couldn't see myself doing that every 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 time. Then I move into more of like a multifamily, you know, there are multifamily business where you can, you can buy a multifamily and, and rent it out. That, that, was, that was another option on, on, my, on my radar. Uh, flip-flopping or, or, you know, be the, the BRRR, whatever that, yeah. that's, that's called. Uh, that was also came to my radar. But uh, then when I was doing all that research, uh, then I, I saw your, your ad in Facebook, to be honest with you. And, uh, and, uh, and I saw, you know, the, this concept of a, uh, lifestyle asset and, and you know being a vacation asset and I, I think that that is that that combines the passion that, that I have for vacationing and and and, and traveling to, to to a business uh, so that's that's certainly what, what attracted me to this awesome and so did you have when you were when you were kind of looking into the real estate uh, options did you actually pull the trigger on any long-term rentals multifamily fix and flips or did you was that just all like trying to figure out what lane you wanted to run down Exactly. I, I, it came to a point where I said, well, I'm, I'm going to invest in real estate. I'm going to diversify myself. 
And uh, I was doing an investigation for a couple of months, uh, you know, finding out the details about the business. And that's where I, I, I encountered Body CN. Uh, and to me, it was a no-brainer to, yeah. to, first of all, you know, join, join the team here uh, because that certainly the, the help that you guys provide is, is tremendous. Uh, and also doing something that I was going to be enjoying more, more personally, like a, like a, like a vacation rental or a, a lifetime asset. Awesome. Awesome. That's a, it's always amazing to me when like, when you, somebody like you, where you haven't had much real estate experience in the past, know that you wanted to start layering on real estate as part of your overall plan. And then really doing your due diligence to decide what, what lane you want to run down, because there's a lot of options. Let's be honest. There's a lot of options when it comes to real estate, right? Yeah, but then, absolutely. you know, to your credit, when you found the, the right lane, you really, you, you guys really dove right into the deep end, right? You got after it right out of the gate. And, and so tell us, you know, a little bit about what that started looking like. So you, you, you decided that vacation rentals were the right path, short-term rentals, because it, you know, it, there's that lifestyle asset component of it that we talk about a lot. We love it. You know, I, it's my favorite asset class as well. And so, you know, it's easy for us to talk about, but once you decided that, you know, I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago. How long ago, when did you join us? And when did you start making an offer on that first property? Yeah, I joined you. I joined Bodice here in May 2021. So it's been uh, 10 months ago. And then uh, the offer went out in July. So yeah. I just had a, <laughs> enough time to go through the eight weeks of the course, right? <laughs> and I started, yeah. making, I started making offers and all that. So. Yeah, I remember when we were doing some of the property analysis reviews. You didn't have to make too many offers, did you, if I remember right? You didn't, you, some, no, you know, sometimes people are making a ton, but you didn't make a ton of them. I was very lucky. The first offer that I put in, it was accepted. Yeah. And and the main reason I, I you know, to the credit, 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 to the course and to you is I, I took very, you know, much to heart to say, you know, find a, a good team on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find through a, a great realtor in, in my area uh, in Texas, here in Crystal Beach, Texas, a, a, a off the market property. They, they had not put in the market yet. So my realtor sent me a text and I said, hey, this is going to go to the market. They're, they're, they're waiting for pictures to be taken. So I, I, you know, next day I was there before it even hit the ground. And that, the same afternoon is uh, I put an offer, you know, and, and I think yeah. that's, uh, that's key in this business in particular now with the crazy market is you had to know what you want to get. You, know, you had to uh, don't be afraid to pull the trigger when, when, you, when, you, when you know you have a good property. So. Uh, I, I remember send, sending you all, all those details, you know, the, as, as soon as I saw it, I sent you all the details. I think you responded within a day and I, I was making the offer right there. So awesome. it was, it was great. So let's, let's unpack some of that because I think that's a really important lesson for a lot of people that are thinking about this or maybe even currently in it because these markets are tough, right? There, there's low inventory. You're competing with a lot of buyers and, you know, we've got this nine step process that we follow and, the first step is really planning out what we're what we're going after. You hit on saying be very clear on what you want and what your what your property goals are and what you're what you're going after. You you identified your market, right? So the second step is understanding what you're getting into. The third step is starting to build that partner or start to the third step is locating the property, right? The location that you want to go into. So you mentioned it's Crystal Beach, which is near Galveston in Texas, right? And so the, the the Gulf Coast of Texas. And so you've identified that market. Then you build that dream team, right? You build those, those really critical partners where that's a lot of steps before we start looking at properties, Right. Right. And a lot of people want to immediately dive into looking at properties and they seem to spin their wheels a little bit. And I see this all the time. And 
and they they're looking on Zillow and they're doing all this stuff, which I'm sure you looked on Zillow while you were in this process, right? It's not that you weren't looking on Zillow, but you didn't skip all those other parts of the process. You, you hit on when you just told us leading up to that, you hit on every one of those parts. You were very clear on where, you know, what your property goals were. You decided the market you're going into, you understand what you're getting into. And then all of a sudden you build this great team. Well, guess what? You didn't make eight or nine or 10 offers like a lot of people do. And I'm not saying this solves the, the problem all the time, but what you did as well is you really did a good job being probably really clear with your realtor and with your team members so that it, it was it a he or she? A, a realtor, yeah, was she. She, so, so when she got the, you know, when she saw a property come up, she knows exactly who to call, right? You weren't her only buyer, I'm sure, in the area, Freddie, right? Sure, and, absolutely. And so, but she knew that you had your ducks in a row. She knew you were serious. You obviously portrayed that to her. And all of a sudden, you see an off-market property that you don't have to compete with everybody on because you laid the foundation and the groundwork before you started making offers. That's a really critical point that, and a, a great lesson that I'm glad you shared because that really, that, that, that's a big deal. And a lot of people think that those things, those little steps are not a big deal, but they really are, right? And you you saw that firsthand. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I've um, right after, you know, at the, at the same time or right after I made that offer, I, I you know, I, I delved into, into the next property and um, I attempted to go in a different market uh, and in uh, over here in, in the Guadalupe River. And, uh, you know, I, I made a mistake at the beginning and I didn't select the right realtor, even though I had selected a good one in Crystal Beach over here. It wasn't it wasn't a great fit. Uh, he mm -hmm. was not from the area. He was uh, from San Antonio. So it was it was uh, it was not the right fit as, as a partner. And as a result, um, you know, several offers didn't get accepted and I, I couldn't get in that market. So now, now I'm trying to go back from maybe for the for the next property. But uh, I. I I had to credit that I, that I had a great team in Crystal Beach, and, and that, that that's the reason why I was able to really very quickly get a get a property there. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you what: when you dive into this business or really any other business, that those team members are critical. And when we're when you're buying properties, you know a realtor is a great team member. Your management company partners are great team members. Your your tax partners are great team members, right? Our asset protection. All there's a lot of team members along the way. And the right ones, and when you fill those, you know, the people, the, the right people on the seats of that bus, it makes our lives a lot easier. And so, so that's, uh, I, I can't stress that point enough of having good partners and you saw that firsthand. So, so we make that offer, it, you're, not having, you're not having to compete with a whole bunch of people, luckily, exactly. you know, which is rare. Um, it's in Crystal Beach. Um, so take us through that, that process. I know, um, you know, so we got that. I know for us, the next step is that kind of that setup phase, right? And that's a hard phase. A lot of people think, okay, I got, finally got the property. Life's easy now. That's not the case. I'm, I'm guessing, right? I saw your property set up, and I don't. They don't. They don't uh, set themselves up just like that overnight. Sure. And before before we go go into the setup, I have to say something here. Yeah. In that in that in that offer that I, that I entered the first time, and then the the subsequent offers, um, I went through a a, a document that that Jeff Jeff Chison had had uh, shared about how to make that offer. You know what what to include and not to include on the offer. Yeah. So I, I follow. I think it, there were like ten different things that that we could do, and yeah. I did all ten. Uh, for example, I, I offer over over ask price, 
I uh, wrote a letter, a personal letter with a picture of my family to, 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 the, to the buyer saying, hey, you know, I'd love to buy your property. I, I, I'd love to, to make it a great place to be. I um, offered them to pay for title insurance. So I, I did a lot of things to sweeten the pot. And those, those were all recommendations from, from Jeff, uh, Jeff's uh, PowerPoint. Yeah. And, and I was able to, to get it the first time. So I, I, I had, I, and, and there were, there were a couple of uh, potential other buyers, uh, but they, I guess the, the sellers just, just saw my offer and I said, you know, this is a great offer. Let's, let's say yes right away, as opposed to wait for maybe when, when it goes to market or, or, or goes to the, to, to, the, uh, to, the, to the listing and then get more offers. They, they, they saw a good offer, they, they liked it and they accepted. So Nice. That's a, that's a great point. A lot of people think that the only way you get offers accepted is you have to be the highest price. That's not always the case. There's a lot of other things that sellers consider and, uh, and, and kind of piggybacking on what you're talking about with Jeff had and adding some of our own flavor to it. Like I actually did a, if you, if people are listening and curious about what some of those things are, there's a, a, a podcast episode. I don't remember which one it is. If you're listening, if you go to our YouTube channel, it's also on there <clears throat> actually probably a little better to watch it on YouTube. Cause I actually have a, a Google doc that I go through and share how to get our offers accepted in these white hot markets. And a lot of those different things like the love letter, what should be in the love letter? It should always be about the property and how much you love the property and like really putting sellers want to sell to somebody that's going to love the property as much as they did. Right. And so um, how to, how to structure that, what, what works, what doesn't all those things of how, what contingencies you can remove without putting yourself at a, you know, much risk. Right. And so all these different things to talk about. So that's a great point as well, because when you make those offers, it's not, you, you don't always have to be the highest price. I see it all the time. You know, we, we see all the time that the highest priced offer doesn't win. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, so let's, uh, so as we kind of progress through this, so what, what you, you got the offer accepted, um, actually, before we go into the setup too, let's talk about financing. Financing is a big, uh, a big piece of the puzzle. What type of financing did you get? Um, was it, you know, traditional financing? We've talked about asset-based loans. Um, and I believe you went the asset-based route. Correct. Uh, yeah, I, I went, I went the, the asset-based route with BCO lending. Yep. So, um, basically they had options and, a uh, 80% LTV, uh, and, uh, 20% down. Um, and and, and it's, it's a great option because it's, it's you know if, if you have a good property, they're gonna check it against the same software that, that we have, AirDNA, and and you know exactly what, what those numbers are gonna be or, or very yeah. close. And I even shared with 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 Vicio the 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 analysis that uh, that uh, that that I put together that you reviewed. Uh, so I, I shared all that with them, and and they were they were they were pretty close to that number as well on their side. Yeah. And and it's, it's it's you know fairly easy to get to get approved if you have a good property. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course you have to prove that you have the cash to put down, uh, but they're, they're not going to look into your, your, uh, you know, employment history income, yeah, and, yeah. And, and all the taxes and all every, <laughs> they're going to ask you about every single thing that you did for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, of course you, you pay a higher rate for sure. Uh, but I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's certainly a, a much faster and, and better way to build a portfolio because then you can do that over and over again, right? If you have good properties that, that, you, that yeah. you're targeting. 
Yeah. And that's what, for those of you that are listening for the first time, maybe, and you have, or you haven't heard us talk about asset-based loans or DSCR loans and asset-based loan is, is just what it sounds like is the lender is more concerned about the asset and the, in, and only the income that the asset produces versus your own personal income. So you're not, you're not, you're not qualifying the, on the loan based on your personal income. The asset itself is qualifying. So you don't have to worry about your, your debt to income ratios and all that stuff. You do have to have good credit and you are going to put a little bit more down, um, you know, 20 to 25% down in most cases. Freddie's case, he put 20% down. And you're going to pay a little higher interest rate. You're probably going to pay a point, point and a half higher than what you would get on like a second home loan. Um, and so it, it, they do have some, some different things that you have to consider going down that road. But it is, to your point, it's a, it's a great way to build a portfolio if you've got the capital to put that money down and not be not have that bottleneck when you, all of a sudden your debt to income gets so so tight that you can't get your next property. And exactly. so, it's a, yeah, it, it's a great loan to use. And so, um, yes, and, and you went through Vizio, which there's a number of them out there. We've talked about Vizio. Um, and so you want to look into those options if you are in that situation where you might have really good credit, but your debt to income might be high, whatever it is, and you can use that asset to qualify you know, on its own based on a debt service coverage ratio, which is what DSCR stands for. And they want to see that the that the property can pay pay for itself, you know, and make make you some money. They don't want you to be in a negative cash flow situation. If it is, like Freddie said, if those boxes are checked off, it's really easy to get those loans. It is, it is, and, and it's fairly straightforward. So um, certainly it's a, it's a great option for, for yeah, somebody they, that is looking to build a, a portfolio. Yeah, they don't need your, like you said, 10 years of history and taxes and your, you know, sign off your next born child and everything else. It's, uh, exactly. it's <laughs> sometimes as we go through the traditional financing route. So sometimes, it, or if you're a business owner, sometimes it's a pain because we, you know, a lot of, a lot of business owners make more than that, you know, because we, they're able to write off so much um, against their, their income that all of a sudden they don't look like they make much money, but they actually do and can, you know, has, they have the capital to go buy these properties, but they're not going to qualify in the traditional sense. So that's a, that's a great point as well. So, so we've got the offer accepted, put an asset-based loan in place, and then let's go to that next step, that setup. How was the property when you bought it? Did you buy it? Did you buy it turnkey? Was it furnished? Did you have to come in and do that? Did, uh, or you know, what was the situation for that setup phase for you? No, that 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 you, that, uh, that uh, property was not a, a short-term rental when I bought it. Uh, so, but I I, I um, used to be a short-term rental in the past. Uh, the, 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 the sellers bought the property and they used it for themselves. They didn't use it as a short-term rental. Uh, but then uh, the good part of that is that a lot of the furniture was already in there. Um, you know, bunk beds, uh, mattresses, and, and all that. Was, all that in, it, it was a six-bedroom property uh, and it, it was all furnished. So okay. I, I bought it with with the furnishings inside. So that that was that was a plus. Were you able um, to use all the furnishings? Sometimes people buy properties furnished that aren't they're you know it's run down you're going to get rid of them anyway so were, were was it in good shape were you able to yeah use they were all? they were in good shape i i did i didn't make some changes because to your point and, and to the point in your course is you know how do we create that experience certainly the, the furnishings were there but there was no nothing special you know and I, it, it looked more like a like a like a house that you sell for in real estate page you know yeah. it's, it's, there was there was no nothing special about it so what, what we did is, you know, by, by talking to my wife and, and you know, brainstorming, you know, we'll say, what, what kind of thing we can do here? We, we thought about well, maybe we make it a, 
a, a Star Wars theme or, or some kind of a special stuff. You know, I've, I've taken ideas from, from the team, the people in this team and from things that I've seen, that we've seen. I said, you know what, it's, this is, this is a, an ocean from property. Let's go with a, 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 an, ocean, uh, an, an ocean theme. So what we did basically is we, uh, for each room is a different um, ocean creature. You know, we have like a one, one room that is called the turtle and everything inside that the bedroom is a turtle. Yeah. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So any, anything you, you can choose for your property. And, and really that, that changed the face. Even though we just changed uh, the, uh, the decoration, let's say, and, 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 and just some, some leanings, uh, it really changed the face of the house. It, it had a, a, a much cohesive theme, and and I, you know, but by the time we we were able to put it in the market, it was it really it, I I feel it stands out compared to to many other properties in the area, and I think that's that's what has made it very successful so far. Yeah, that's and, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of work though. <laughs> it know, is a lot uh, of work. Yeah, <laughs> getting, it, getting it ready and set up and getting it, you know, to your point, like there's there's a lot you can do so much to a property to just give it some personality and really tell a story. And you went with the ocean story, right? Makes sense. Your beachfront. And it, it's an ocean property. And so you, you and I, I've seen the property and we'll post for those of you listening or watching either on YouTube or listening on the podcast, we're going to post a link to, to the uh, phrase property that we're talking about right here. So you can go look at it, but you guys did an amazing job. It looks like it's a beautiful home. It's set up very congruent, cohesive design thing throughout. It very much tells that ocean story very much feel like I'm going to a beach house, which so, so it fits the area, it tells the story. And uh, I think you guys did a great job. And, and, uh, and just by doing that soft goods upgrades, you know, with some artwork and accessories and things like that, to give it that personality, tell the story, you know, you can, you tie everything together versus just having a property that's furnished. Exactly. And, and uh, things that we did bring to the, to the property was all, a lot of the amenities, you know, we, we bought a foosball table for the deck, we bought a ping pong table for outside, we brought in a hot tub, uh, we brought in board games, we brought in Scrabble board games for yeah. the walls. So anything that has to do with games and entertainment and, mm -hmm. and amenities that on top of just a regular house is always a plus for the, for the property and, and that's, that's, that's key for, for any property. Yeah. And, and it's key and based on your target audience, right? So your target audience, I'm guessing with the games and, uh, you know, all the activities are probably families coming to the beach to, to hang out together and you give them some nice activities and fun things they can do, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It was it's certainly a big property, six bedrooms. So yeah, <laughs> it's sleep 20. So I, I expect families there. Right? So yeah. certainly we have to be family friendly and, and uh, keep people entertained, you know, keep people entertained, 20 people at the same time. Entertained. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you yeah, have, you have things multiple to things to do, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you got it, you got it set up. How long did that take? I know you didn't have to wait on furniture and furnish it, but uh, how long did that setup phase take you guys? It took about two months. Okay. Which is about what we expect. Even, you know, that, that one to two months is exactly the period that is pretty normal. People think that that's going to be a faster process a lot of times than it actually is. That setup phase is usually going to take you a little bit of time because you not only have to get the property set up, you have to get, yeah, furnished, set up, get it ready to go. Then you got to order new pictures and then you've got to get the listings going, right? Are you guys, did you decide to manage it yourself or are you, do you have full service management on it? Yeah, we have a full service uh, property manager. Uh, certainly, yeah. certainly, it's a big. I mean, to you, to you, to your point that you've made in, in, in the course. You know, I, I, I want, I, I want, uh, want to, you know, have, have something that we can 
have a legacy with and something that was really not in, we're not we're, we're not investing all the all the time into managing the property uh, that way we can have you know we can have a, a, a scalable business that way yeah absolutely and that's what uh, um you know I, that's how i set my properties up it's how i suggest most people set their properties up frankly is if you really do want to have you know, multiple properties, build a portfolio and they, and they're not turning into a second job and where, because these properties can, right. I actually get a lot of comments online saying, Hey, you're saying that this is passive and, you know, I operate some of these and it's not a passive, it's not a passive deal. And both of us are right. It depends on how you set up the management, right? It's right. definitely not passive on the front end in the acquisition phase. It's definitely not passive during that setup phase. Exactly. But after it's set up, it can become very passive. So let's let's talk a little. So you got your full service management, you got it set up. What does the launch look like? We to, we, we had a, I hired um, a company to, to do the, the, the pictures, uh, drone videos, etc. So we launched it uh, on October. I think it was October first, October second. Okay. And uh, and the first booking came within about a, a day or two. For that same week, for the October seven, nice. so it was it was a it was a very quick uh, very quick. Um, I, I I purposely um, you know based on on your, on the recommendation on, on your course, um, studied the property at a, at a lower price uh, that I thought it would need to needed to be at just to generate those because also in October is, is a, it starts the low season right so yeah. I was I was I wasn't I wasn't great in timing because I had missed all the summer already so I, I said you know let's let me go a little lower in price maybe seventy five percent of what I thought that this this property could bring yeah and then uh, but it, it, you know it booked it booked very quickly after that I, I, I was very fortunate Nice. And, and so let's, uh, I love unpacking the details. So I appreciate you like walking us through this journey on this. It's almost like a case study for people that are listening. Right. And so, um, because it, it one, so you, you get it done, you launch it first of October, which is like to your point at the end of the peak season, you're going into right. your slow season at the beach and still got bookings right out of the gate. Some of the things that um, Freddie's talking about is, that we suggest is that you're going to come out with a lower price in the beginning, a little bit lower. Like a lot of you have heard some of my, my comments on pricing. I'm a big believer of pricing at the top end of a market and how, but how we get there, there's a strategy of how we get there. And what we're going to typically do is in the beginning, we're going to lower price it lower than what we're expecting than the averages are in the area to get those first bookings that come in. So we want to, it's kind of a race to get those first 10 reviews. That's what we're really trying to do is get those first 10 reviews really kind of establish it as nobody wants to be the first person to rent something because they don't know what it's like, you know, so they want to read what other people have had, what the experience has been, especially if you're charging more than everybody else. And so our goal is to try to get to those first 10 reviews and then build upon that. But I actually, a lot of people think that, man, I really want to time it and I want to launch my property at the peak season. Are going into the peak season. And I actually think if you, when I look at the revenue generated for properties, their first 12 months in business. So their first 12 months in business, the properties that launch in the slow season, actually their, their overall revenue is higher because they don't leave. They're not, if you launch during the peak season, you're coming in below everybody that you're leaving a lot of money on the table there. When you come in below everybody in the shoulder season, you're not leaving as much of a gap. You're not losing as much money right there. And so I actually really like launching in the slow season and ramping things up from there. And so I actually think that that's a, that's a good time to launch after, when you look at your overall first 12 months in business. 
And so that was October. So you got some bookings coming in immediately. Um, kind of take us through like October till now. What's that? What that has looked like? It's, it's, it's been great. I mean, it's, uh, we've been able to get uh, just those uh, first five star reviews coming in. Uh, uh, you know, after after our first first couple of stays, uh, you're always nervous, you know, because the, the first yeah. time somebody's gonna stay in the property, what are they gonna say? Uh, is the property manager gonna be calling me maybe because something is amiss or, or I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's their job to make sure that, they, that, they, that the guests are, are, are happy, right? But you never know. You're always very stressed out about that. So the, the, the first couple went through and, and, and you know, the, the first stars of you keep, start coming in and, and it's like a snowball, right? It's, it's, it starts coming in and people see that and the booking rates kept going up and up and up and up. And, uh, you know, after, after I got to my fourth or fifth five-star review in, in in airbnb and uh i, I certainly um uh changed change the, the cost raise the price or, or yep. the, raise the price right so uh you know that that also has has you know helped me in now in the in the higher season uh this year uh because now the, the people are staying in, at, at the high peak season at the higher rate compared to what i had it before yeah uh, and and some people have said that you know they, they, they had a had a, a family that was there in, in november for thanksgiving and I had it at a certain price, and and now they want to book again. I said, well, man, but you you raised the price too much. What, what can I do now? I mean, of course, I gave you some discount because they are, they're already one of our first customers. But uh, you know, it's certainly a a a, a snowball that you just start slow, starts starts a little bit lower, and then going up and up until you you get a point where uh, where you find that uh, that trade between you know not getting booked too much in advance. I think you, you've talked about that, Sean, in the past yeah. in the past podcast. You know, not not not, not getting too much. To book in advance, but also um, not leaving uh, not leaving any money on the table, or or or, or you know, or being too high that you're going to lower your uh, lower your um, occupancy. Occupancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. Then that's a that's a good point. And like we were talking about, like you've had so much success, it started to snowball almost almost be, you know before you could start raising those prices again. Like you're in that next stage. I think we mentioned that, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of March and going into your peak season. Well, most of your, you've got a lot of your summer already booked now, right? Correct. Yeah. I would say the month of uh, May, June, and July are probably 90%. Yeah. Booked. And so, which, so that, which, which, which tell me that maybe I need, I need, I need to re- reconsider my, my, my rates as well. Yeah, definitely. That that's definitely what that would tell you, right. You're so you could, you actually probably did leave a little money on the table during that time, but now's the time to raise the rates again, because that's the game you're going to play until it starts to be, until you start to not book out much past the average lead time in the area. So you always want to look at that, but I, I know that, uh, you know, to your point though, large properties, they will have a larger lead time. So you really have to look at that and say, what does that lead time look like? Not, not all lead times are in average lead times in an area are 30 days. So you can't say, well, I don't want to book more than a month out. If a six bedroom property, that's a large group of people that are coming in together, they do plan out more in advance. And so you, you might not have left as much as you think on the table, but we definitely want to look at that at this stage, right? Yeah, and, and, and I, I went, I, I, I am subscribed to AirDNA. So I, I went to that to that feature where you can see you know how many days in advance typically getting booked, and I, at the first time I probably for for your listeners here in that that are using the system, the first time I, I made a mistake to just look at the at the, um, the whole market at, at the whole market yeah. Yeah, the, and the average was about I think it was uh, depending on the month it changes right but let's say it was 
for, for the summertime, it was about 76 days average. Yeah. So I say, well, you know, two months, two and a half months. But when I, when I, then when you, then when you filter down to a, a, a big property of six bedrooms, et cetera, and that number from 76 went up to 120 days. So right. it's like, it's, those, those, uh, it's, it's, it's way different because of, you know, there, there are less, less properties that are that big. And also there are, you know, families typically plan in advance, right? They don't, they're, yeah. they're not just going to say, oh, let's go 20 people this weekend, next weekend that is coming up. You know, typically yes. those, those kind of trips are planned a month in advance. So. Yeah. Which on a large property, you, and, and you know, those are the, like I said, those are the things we have to look at. So I say you might, you might, you're not that much different than the average lead time in the area right now in March, booking out May and June, July. But I, I still think I would test test a, a little bit higher price because you're but you're still in that kind of you're still trying to figure that out. Right. You haven't even had the property for a year. It's only been live for five months now. And so, you know, we're still you're still definitely in the, the setup Learning process. of that. Yeah. And so so let's let's talk about. Um, you know, we're talking a little bit about, you know, AirDNA and looking at analytics. Like we always tell people, hey, you know, we actually, we don't just guess at this. Like we're not just going and buying property store on Airbnb and talking about how it performed, right? We actually, you mentioned a property analysis review. We're, we're mentioning and talking about looking at, you know, average lead times and rates and everything else. And so when you ran your initial projections, what was, what were you projecting? Give us kind of the numbers of the, of the deal. How much did you pay for the property? What were your initial projections when you underwrote the deal as far as revenue and kind of what are we looking at right now? Yeah, the, the, the property uh, price or, or what, what I offer was 850000 at the time okay. uh, uh, with a projected revenue of uh, 140000 a year. Uh, of course, based on your recommendation, typically the, the 140 maybe is, is, is a good second year type of rate because yeah. the, 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 first, the first year maybe you made me a, a little bit lower. So I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to be more in the 110, 120 the first year. Uh, and then it will go up to the to the projected 140, and and but so far the the, the projections are are beyond the 140. So uh, certainly, even though it's the first year, as I'm still learning. I think uh, I think the the property is very very much booked uh, and very popular in the in the area, and I think it has to do with with how how special we have set it up and uh, yeah. the location, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So all all the all the stuff that we look into. When we're studying the market and, and see what properties we, we need, we, we so can. you're you and you're anticipating even more than the 140 um, the way after it's launched and now that you're seeing the future bookings and adding those up you're even beyond that for the first year probably correct yes awesome that's awesome congrats that's it's so you know one of the things that I if I could get people to understand and realize is how important the one you have to know the numbers two. In order to hit certain numbers, we have to do certain things. Well, when you're running those analysis, property analysis that we talk about and underwriting these deals, there's always a range, right? We're looking at a range like, okay, it's going to be, let's say, between 110 and 140. And, and then the top end, maybe after I get really established, maybe I'm hitting 160 or 170. I'm just throwing that number out there. But based on the, your numbers you looked at, maybe in that 110 to 140 range. Well, if you want to hit toward the top of that, You've got to be able to tell that story, set the property up, have this unique experience, you know, kind of deliver the fairy tale that we talk about. We also talk about on the back end, we talk about marketing these properties. The marketing we talk about, you haven't even probably gotten to yet because that's the last piece of the puzzle. We're probably not even, we're probably not even having that conversation for, you know, probably maybe this time next year, because what we're really doing is establishing the property before we really start to add fuel to the fire and how you how you make money with these properties your first your first step in marketing is getting it set up correctly because 
a great property is going to book on any of these platforms with your management company, with Airbnb, with VRBO, and we really establish it. Like we're not talking, a lot of people have this misconception that because we talk about paid advertising sometimes and we have our own websites and all that stuff, we're not even, we're not even talking about that yet, right, Freddie? You haven't, my guess is you haven't got to that stage if you're following the system correctly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've certainly, when I launched the property, of course, you know, Put to, the me, website out. To, to, to me, two months was like a like an eternity, right? S- setting that up. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, well, to your point, it was only much quicker, but it, it took it took me two months. But then, of course, I, I launched it on uh, with with my, my, my property management in Airbnb, BRBO, et cetera. Then I started catching up on the on the website. I, I, I did set up a website through through LAU Profit Maximizer and, yeah. and, and, and the, the programs that you guys have. So the website is up. Uh, it's just there, there is so much so much stuff in there, so much power to, to conduct uh, campaigns, to conduct a lot, a lot of things I haven't even touched yet. And, yeah. uh, and, and what, what I do a little bit is I, I go to Facebook and promote my property in Facebook. And, and I, I actually, it's funny because I, I promoted the property, I think a couple of weeks, weekend, weekends ago in Facebook. And uh, one, one of the comments of the, of the guys, well, you guys, you're, you're a book all summer. Why, why are you even advertising? Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> so, you know, it's, I, I haven't got it to that point yet, but certainly, certainly as the, I assume, I'm sure that as the rates start going up, I starts getting getting more on par with what, what the market is 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 um, able to bear. I'm, I'm I'm gonna need to be a little more more um, effective and more uh, really really start getting a, a marketing campaign going. Yeah, uh, which, I, 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 I fully expect that. Yeah. yeah, and we'll we'll evolve to that stage, you know, and, and that's what we don't want to worry. Like when we're on when we're on step seven, six, and seven, we don't want to worry about step nine, right? You know, and and to your point, and um, you and Amora, where when you went through this process. You very much have just taken this, done a step, mastered it, did the action items, moved to the next step and right down the line, which is why you were able to really ramp up a property really quickly rather than spinning your wheels and trying to worry about all nine steps at once, because then all of a sudden it just gets overwhelming. Like to your point, like we, you've seen inside the back end of the, the website, lots of campaigns, lots of power, lots of you know ways that we can generate additional business, but you're not worried about that right now because you're in that still in that established the listing phase, right? And so exactly. that's awesome. That, that that's uh, I love hearing that kind of evolution of that property. And we just kind of just dove into like a case study, which is which is fun. I appreciate you sharing that with everybody. So you've got so we mentioned a couple other properties. Tell us about you know while you were doing all this, you were also running down a couple different roads. It sounds like. Yeah, certainly. I was I was looking at um, you know other other places where I could keep growing in my portfolio. You know, uh, you know, you in in the in the in, the, in this program, you there, there is there is a section in the in the course where, where you write your goals, and and you know I said, well, my goal is, is going to be to have five properties. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean you had to do it all at once, but I love correct. it. <laughs> yeah, I five love properties, that. and and I said, well, maybe in you know, five years or ten years, I'll get to five properties. Well, you know, the, it, at least for me, it's, it's the business is so exciting. Uh, this this uh, searching from a property, making it, setting it up correctly, uh, getting into the market, and, and and being being involved in the in the hospitality business and and in the in the like vacation business and the traveling. I mean, to me, it's, it's very exciting. So I, I I kept going. You know, even though I had this property just just being set up, looking for other properties, I I, I got into another a property in Surfside Beach, which is uh, like a 20, 30 miles from from Crystal Beach in, okay. here, here, here in Texas. 
but it, it, I, I basically, I'm, I'm building it. It's, it's not, it's not quite ready yet. So I, I, I went over there. I went the route of, of a traditional construction loan. Yeah. Uh, so uh, certainly that's that's going to be built, and then uh, I, I, my plan is to do a, a second a second home loan once that once that the construction is finished. So is that, that's why okay. that, that's why it's important to be mm-hmm. to be able to leverage the asset based loans for for other properties because I know I'm going to need some of the of my of my debt debt uh, debt to income ratio to be in a certain level to be able to love it. That construction. That, yeah. And that is so like that's why you you write out the property goals and that's why you map out what this is going to look like. So you strategically put the right financing in place as you're building your portfolio. Like you just mentioned, you use the asset based on one, because you know that you needed the traditional financing for the build, the, you know, the construction loan and then this property. And so, so smart to just, just understand the whole process there. And so that's another big challenge. A, a build job in today's environment is it's not the, it's not for the faint of heart is what I tell people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's- Certainly, uh, the, from the permitting to even getting lumber lumber for the for the house yeah. has been has been a challenge. So uh, hopefully, we can do another podcast when I when I have that unit running. And I'll I'll tell you all about it. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the whole middle of that. So yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely hear about that one. And then and then you also alluded to a third property that you're you're you put an offer on or you're closing in a couple of days yeah. here. Yeah, I'm I'm closing next week on the property okay. that, that offer was accepted. So I went back to do my roots in the same, you know, I saw the success on, on the first property in Crystal Beach. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm, this is working. And when things are working, you need to keep investing, right? It's, yeah. it's, if something works, you need to keep at it and use use the same strategy. Nice. So, uh, you know, uh, the same, the same, the same, the same deal in, in this case, uh, I was, um, I, I didn't, you know, the same, the same realtor, the same team. Um, it was a, it is a larger property, a big, even a bigger property that sleep about thirty people. Oh wow! Uh, it's, it's, it's also also oceanfront, beachfront, and uh, and you know the 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 ask price was one point three million. Uh, it, it was it wasn't like the first day in the market. You know, my realtor sent me again a text, say, hey, you know, this just came into market. And and the same the same deal you know getting getting it getting it uh, I, I didn't even have a chance to take a look at it uh, I, I certainly yeah. I just I just took a look at the pictures uh, made an offer uh, we we got it accepted uh, and but using the same playbook you know a, per, a love letter uh, yeah. you know it, it ma- ma- making sure that there was something attractive for the seller uh, offering just a slightly above, above asking not not too much. Uh, but certainly, you know, uh, putting a, a lot of, uh, you know, good, good stuff in there for the, yeah. for the seller to, to accept your offer. So. Is this one set up as a short-term rental? Is this a current rental or is, are you going to be, how much setup do you have on this one? Are you going to be able to get it ready for the peak season this year? Yeah, that's, that's my plan, right? So um, my plan is, you know, close next week and, and I start getting it ready, you know, hopefully a beginning of May, you know, if, if I take the same, because it, it is similar to, to, the, to the current property. It was a short-term rental a few years ago, the late, the last owners uh, bought it during, during the pandemic um, and they, had, they, haven't, they haven't been using it as a short, short-term rental. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to have to set it up again, but it, it has the furniture, you know, all this. I, I, I tried to, to buy something in, in the same you know, to repeat the, the, the success with the other properties. Yeah. I, I, found, yeah. I found a very similar property that has been a short-term rental in the past, not anymore, but it has all the furnishings in there. So I have, I have to invest, of course, some money in getting, getting now the, the, the experience again, <laughs> setting up the fairy tale again on, on, the, on the property, which uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to work a lot with my wife and uh, we're going to enjoy very much. 
Awesome. Well, good for you. That's really exciting. So, yeah, I think that uh, we're definitely going to need to do an, an updated episode here. And uh, after after we, you know, my guess is by the time we go, you're going to be back to that five. And now that that goal is going to be at 10 properties instead of five. So that's awesome. Yeah, I hope that that's, yeah. that's the goal. And I think uh, and I, you know, I certainly want to thank you and 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 all the, the the great material that you have in there. And and the, the Facebook team is, is unbelievable. Uh, I, I get a, look, a lot of good tips and, and, yeah. and conversations going on on Facebook. Uh, the, the, the Tuesday calls are great too, whenever I can attend and, and at the podcast. So I, I, I listen to all of that, trying to, trying to learn every day something new. Awesome. Well, I, well I'm, we're so happy and I couldn't be more proud of you and, and excited to be part of this journey with you. So, and, and really thank you for sharing your, that, like let, letting us dive into a lot of those details and sharing the story. I know the people listening to this are not all Odyssey members, right? So they're not exposed to what we are inside of our membership group. And so it's always fun to share you know, real investors making it happen, that having the success and and really sharing the the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Because sometimes we just think it's it's uh it's all rainbows and unicorns. And that's not the case. It is tough. It is, it, you know, you do have to have a plan and a process that you're going to follow and you're going to have some challenges and roadblocks along the way. But when you have a when you when you know the pro that you've got a plan that you're following, you can get through those. And so it, it's always fun to hear those stories. And so um, you know, Freddie, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time. I know how valuable your time is, but I always like to end with kind of one piece of advice that you can give our, our listeners. And, and I always just ask, you know, if you go back to your younger self and give you one piece, you know, yourself one piece of advice after gone through this process and going through this process, what would that advice be? Well, um, I, I would say that I, I should have done this earlier, right? Uh, <laughs> I always, always had real estate in mind. So, I, I, I tell people don't don't wait you know don't don't uh, some people say has ideas uh, have ideas and and they well maybe one day I'll get into real estate then maybe one day is is, is now right you know it's, it's yeah. you don't have to you don't have to buy a, a six bedroom property uh, for thirty people you can you can yeah. buy a small a small condo or a small a small house and, and that still can be a very successful property yeah. so uh, you know, don't, just don't 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 put it off you know just just take the leap and 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 go go going going with all, all you can and while you're doing it i also learned that having a good team is is very very important even though you stress it very many times yeah and i i i, I thought i i understood it and you know i, I certainly did for, for to some degree but uh you know, i found i found places where i wanted to get in, in a different market like i said before and and i didn't have the best team and i, I wasn't successful so i I, I encourage everybody to really find that that realtor that is really local and, and know about the short-term rental business because there are there are many types of realtors, right? You know, that you yeah. have realtors that are, and they're that are all that created are, equal. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't they don't know and, and they don't have the connections. So you have, you really have to find those realtors that are very, very well connected in the in the in the area where they are. Yeah. Uh, because those are the ones that can get you properties before they hit market. And in in this, in this particular market. That's that's key, you know, to, to get really get uh, get those units uh, before even they they they, they hit the, the, the listing. Yeah, awesome. That was great, great advice. And and you know, like I do stress team over and over and over again, and it's definitely worth stressing and continuing to stress. And it's nice because you've seen on both sides of the coin, you've had a great team, and you've had one that wasn't so great, and you realize. You, now you can see the polar opposite differences of, of why having a great team is so much better, right? And, and, it, exactly. and it sounds obvious, but it's not as easy sometimes to get that, you know? Um, and so you do have to put a little bit of time and effort into it. And then the timing one is just, a, you know, I, I say that all the time. And it's one of the biggest questions I get. I always say, 
you know, if you're investing in long-term assets, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, whatever it is, the best time to buy it was yesterday. The next best time is today. And, and I love that you brought up that point, Freddie. Uh, it doesn't have to, I mean, Freddie's talking about his properties. And sometimes if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I can't buy million dollar properties. They don't have to be million dollar properties. I just put an offer yesterday on a property for 225 that has a really good return on it. And so it's a, it's a one bed, one bath, little condo, but has a really nice return. And so you don't have to buy these, it, it works across the board. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I've had a lot of people say like, well, you know, I, I hear these stories, but I can't afford a million dollar property. And so I'm so glad you brought that up. And, and the timing is people always say, well, should I wait till, you know, you know, the pandemic's over? Should I wait till rates go back uh, down? Or, you know, there's, and I always tell people, there's always something, there is always a reason to wait. And so, if you're committed and you want to do something long-term, the, the best time to do it is today, it, it, regardless of what's going on, because you can, you can find things, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a war, whether the market's at an all-time high, whether the market's at an all-time low, whether rates are high, whether rates are low, it doesn't really matter. There's always going to be something. Yet, the, when you're investing for the long-term, you're always better off getting started today versus tomorrow. And so, and most of us are qualified to invest for the long term. So few people are qualified to invest short term. If you're going to be a day trader and you're going to be doing short term stuff, you better really understand the market you're diving into. And like I always tell people, there's there's so few people qualified to do that. You shouldn't even be thinking about what's going on in the outside world. You should be thinking about do your due diligence like Freddie Namora did and say, what asset do we want to go into? What road do we want to run down? That's definitely the, the time you, you know, your, your, the due diligence time you should be spending, but it shouldn't be, what does the market look like? Because the market is largely irrelevant. If you're going to do something, you're going to, there's going to be opportunities in good markets, bad markets, pandemic time, war time. It doesn't matter. You know, those are all unfortunate events that we have to deal with but we're not going to, there's going to be opportunities in every one of those markets. So great point as well. Freddie, I really, really appreciate your time. I love having these conversations and, and thank you so much for sharing that journey with, you know, with our listeners so that they can, you know, it's just so fun to always hear what somebody else is doing, especially if we're thinking about diving in. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today and sharing your time with us today. It has been a pleasure and I look forward to, to many great things in the future. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Can't, can't wait for episode number two. We're going to talk about the, the, you know, the empire you're building. Right. And so um, you guys go have a great day. Uh, I always leave you with one thing at the end of this. And that is, well, two things, one, share it with somebody, you know, if you think that somebody else will get value out of this, share it, like it, give us a review on either the podcast that you're listening to this on or on our YouTube channel. Um, those reviews, those shares do make a difference for us. And, uh, and we just love sharing our message. If you think somebody will be, get some value out of that. And then second is I always leave you with that challenge of go do one thing, pick one thing you can do today to go start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.